Hello and welcome to this episode of the John Henry Weston Show, where we're pleased to bring you a young person from the streets of Rome who has been in Rome for months now and has experienced the whole gamut from nothing going on here to complete lockdown of the country due to coronavirus. You're going to want to stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Katerina Karanko, good to be with you. Welcome to the John Henry Weston Show. Thank you for inviting me, John Henry. Appreciate it. It's great to be with you and to talk to you. You have sent us some amazing video, which we're going to play, of barren streets in Rome, one of the most popular cities in the world. Daylight hours. We're not talking early morning here. We're talking actually when people get out of work. Why don't you bring us through that, bring us through what you've seen in the last few days? So uh, there's been a great transition. First, everything was normal. If anything, the first thing we saw were uh, tourists leaving. So it was just locals more than anything. So it was still normal. People were out in the streets and doing their day-to-day -day routine. And then once the tourists started going little by little, we saw a lot less people out on the street. And next thing you know, the government starts to get in and say, don't leave your house unless you have to. Don't go to work unless you absolutely have to. And you saw a little less people out on the streets, but people weren't taking it as seriously just because you know, you're in one of these cities. It's a massive city. You can't contain everybody. And um, it's just been really strange because all of this really, like the intensity of the situation started really Sunday evening. Sunday was such a normal day. I went to mass like I always do. We walked the streets. It was fine. Nobody was in this like quarantine mode. And then from one day to the next, it was just boom, everything kind of went on lockdown within the, it's just so much, it's so surreal, really. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, just a few days ago, it was very normal. And now we're, <laughs> now we're on lockdown. So. Now it's very interesting because Monday morning I was, I was speaking to uh, Professor DeMate and others in Rome yeah. and only the Northern part of the country was locked down at that point. Yes. That evening uh, came a complete lockdown of the country. What transition did you see on the Monday? Um, so I know that I went to work like a normal day. Um, well, and we had a meeting, we said, listen, because I take public transportation out there, it was important that I didn't take it by any means. So um, that was one of the regulations that they had. So because of this, they said, come at least twice a week. Um, and that was Monday. And then come, <laughs> come yesterday evening, people were saying, don't go to work at all, just stay home. And it's just been so bizarre because today I did go to work. I didn't have to, but I did. And um, I don't know, it's just so weird to see these streets of Rome absolutely empty. I've been in and out of Rome for the last five years and it's a tourist city. This city is booming with tourists. I have never seen the streets so empty. I've been here even in low tourist season and you've never seen Rome like this. It's, really, it's almost apocalyptic, it's crazy. 
it, it's an incredible thing. Anyone who's been to Rome or looks at a photo from Rome, anything, knows the streets yeah. are actually crowded. They're not only crowded with cars, which they are, but they <laughs> crowded with people. It's an unbelievable flow. Think New York City at the very least. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you've been you've been there now through the whole week when the shutdown happened, but you're still out on the on the streets and you had an incredible encounter this morning. Tell us about that, please. So um, one of my colleagues came um, to pick me up. She asked me to meet her on the Tevere, the Tiber. Um, and since I'm so close to the Vatican, I said, sure, that's fine. And um, on my walk over, to, to the Via di Conciliazione, which is, which is uh, the road that you can see the Vatican from, from Castel Sant'Angelo. Um, I was walking along the road. And, and for me right now as a Catholic, I've been home for the last several days. So I haven't gone out much, just out of precaution. And um, I, I'm just thinking so much about priests. You know, what are they doing right now? And I just, I have a very particular devotion to the sign of the cross and, and, and just the, the, the potency of this sign of the cross alone. And when I was walking the streets today, there's just this whole hype, you know, you hear all this stuff in the media and you just don't know what to think sometimes. But one of the things that I was telling God is like, please, you know, like if you could spare me, spare me. Bro, I just don't need to get sick or anything like this. But I thought about it. Um, it would be such a beautiful thing to see a priest on my way, you know, just to get a benediction and strangely enough I'm walking down the road and I see a priest in um how do you say um a cassock and a mm -hmm. cape and his I believe you call it uh Beretta no Beretta yeah uh, yeah and um he was going to the homeless and he was speaking with them giving them Wow. And I just blew, I was smiling. It was like, a, there's nobody smiling on the streets. I was so happy to see him. I flagged him down. I said, Father, Father, in, in Italian, I said, give me a blessing, please. I beg you. And he gave me the blessing. And I was so much more calm being out on the streets. Mm -hmm. But it was so providential. And it made me really happy to see priests out there, or at least him. He gave me such a great deal of hope. Yeah. Yep. Often in these times, it's it's when things get really tough, as they say, that it's tough get going. And it's when the church is able to shine in a way that she really yeah. never can at any other time. Because this time when sort of darkness seems to have descended upon Italy, um, these small acts of heroism and kindness by the church just shine like a beacon. Absolutely. Uh, so that's really, really amazing. Now, what about restaurants and, and bars and things? Are mm -hmm. they still active at all? Now, no. Hmm. It, just literally two days ago, the people, see, Italians have this tradition called aperitivo. After work, hmm. they go out, they grab drinks. And I believe, uh, so I'm so sorry, I can't get the dates right right now because everything has just been happening. It's just one long day. But yeah. um, there was a certain point where they said, you know, close restaurants and bars by 6 p.m. So they don't have this aperitivo. So they avoid close contact. Um but nobody was really listening. People still did it. And then finally, they really cracked down. So this morning on my walk to work, normally you see lots of restaurants, like just opening up bars, coffee shops, everything, and just nothing. It's wow. just so strange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in Italy, people have to understand this is much more... Um, this is much more revolutionary than anywhere else in the world is happening because yeah. the breakfast coffee and, and dolce, the, the <laughs> breakfast yeah, coffee yeah. is just, a, it's Garnetto. like a sine qua non uh -huh. of Italy. It's not it like, is. it's not like America. Where, it's a yeah, traditional thing. 
it's a very cultural thing that exactly. you do every morning and exactly. to not have it i mean I, they're having withdrawals i know they are <laughs> yeah no absolutely well here we are in the middle of lent and this is quite the lent uh i, yeah. would, I would think for italy particularly yeah. um a couple things on that score um so here we are in the middle of a lent um i know you're a, a very uh you're someone very connected to our lord and and um Tell us, first of all, about what you've seen in other people about, is there any greater openness to the spiritual life right now because you're in a time like this? I mean, uh, are you talking about personal experience or other people that we're seeing? Uh, other people no. that you're seeing, yeah. <laughs> Well, we're not seeing too many people. I mean, like okay. I said, the last few days I've been home, but I have had connections with other people. And um, before they crack down yesterday evening, just don't leave at all, period, unless yeah. you're in one of those jobs, like a hospital, like don't mm -hmm. leave. Before that, you had, you know, certain people having the mass um, meeting for it, which was really beautiful. I mean, priests are so brave, you know, they invite the faithful to come. But at this point, if you walk on the street, the police will stop you and say, where are you going? And unless wow. you say you're um, getting groceries, going to the pharmacy or seeing the doctor, um, you can get fined right now or even arrested, potentially. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what about your own spiritual life? Um, what has this done to you? What has this, uh, you know, you, you've had this progression from nothing at all to oh, a little bit of concern to complete lockdown. Where has this taken you spiritually? Yeah. Um, well, I have to say, when when the whole thing about coronavirus entered Italy, all, all you heard was like the death rates, right? And people, mm -hmm. people are getting affected and people are dying from it, right? And then I'm here in Italy and they're saying this is the country most affected. And when it first started becoming real here, the, 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 the immediate thought was um, momento mori, you know, remember death. And uh, I, I didn't know so much about it. I wasn't doing my homework necessarily. But all I knew was that in that moment, I said, I could die very real. Like I, I've always liked this momento mori. I've thought about it all the time, but it became so much more real mm -hmm. when I'm in a country that's red right now, just like the hot zone. And um, I really said, I genuinely need to prepare to die if God, like, you know, I, I may be a little extreme, but it was so beautiful because I took it so much more seriously. Death became something like I need to ensure that like I'm in a state of grace, that I've gone to confession, that I've received the Eucharist, that I'm constantly asking for the spiritual communion and um, asking for Our Lady's protection. And, um, you know, the sacramentals are something so important to have holy water, the blessed salt, all these things. Um, it helps helps you spiritually. It makes it more difficult to not have the mass right now, definitely, especially that I go every single day. It's something that, that's my stronghold, it's my constant, and to not have that right now hmm. um, definitely is, is rough, but um, it makes me clutch even tighter to the rosary, um, you know, saying the full rosary, the full three decades, mm -hmm. um, as indicated by St. Louis de Montfort, and um, in that way, it's strengthening us, and also... I mean, just here in my own household, I don't necessarily even have to leave to, to you know, practice charity. I mean, being here in the same area as your floodmates, you can practice charity in that way too. Just mm -hmm. being friends, being family, loving each other, cooking for each other, cleaning. You know, my, my flatmate was really sick. Um, at the beginning of this week and you know we all thought maybe she has the virus you know mm -hmm. but then then we were we discovered that you can only uh, one of the 
one of the symptoms is just coughing and you don't typically have mucus and she was blowing her nose the whole time so we were like okay we're safe but mm -hmm. still it was a little bit of a scare before we knew that but it was it was hard you know i would walk into her room you know i bring i bought her medicine i went onto the streets to do that and it was it really does help increase the charity in one's spiritual life for sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This, yeah. this is the thing i think for for most catholics who are practicing their faith they recognize that death is the portal or the entryway to heaven. So it becomes a very different consideration. It's yeah. make me right, Lord. This is what I'm actually living for. Um, my <laughs> whole life is is geared yeah. toward this this point, you know. And yeah. and so it's not something to be uh, afraid of. It's something no, to no. look forward to in a way. In a kind of a weird. I guess it's weird <laughs> to say that, yeah. but. It is true, and and that reaction of yours of okay, here it is, it, here it could be. Make sure yeah. I'm ready. Yes, but you're also ready to meet your savior, meet your greatest love, for whom you've lived your whole life, whom you desire more than anything else. Precisely, and I mean, maybe when my when I was telling this to my mom, who's across the world, she she wasn't too happy to hear that. Like, <laughs> mom, if I die, you know. I'm fine. I'm, you know, I mean my maker, but you know, yeah. I don't. It, you have to take precautions. Too. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Yes. But for our loved ones, it's very hard. But I think that yeah. the amazing hope that's in in us right now. I think in 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 so many Catholics, you can have this um, this incredible hope, and especially at these times that it translates, that it exudes, that it really shines forth. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping. Um, you know, even in this video, you're right in the center of it right now. Um, and um, I'm I'm 10 feet away from the Vatican. I'm right yeah. in the center. Of so absolutely. Unreal. <laughs> so it's it's also yes. it's also interesting, though, that that Italy is hit so hard. Um, and, yeah. you know, the the church traditionally has always looked at such things as chastisement and as punishment or wake-up call from God, which which is actually an act of mercy because the worst possible thing would be to, you know, let us go in our own devices and, and have us all go off to hell okay. without a, a blip, without recognizing. But when a calamity like this shows up, people think about God again, people examine their consciences, <laughs> am I right with God? So in a way, this can be seen as real mercy. It's a, yeah, absolutely. And... and um, it's really interesting to see that kind of panning out um, at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is. It's it's really it really is a grace. And I thought about this too. I said, you know, if you're one of those people that gets a virus here, mm -hmm. um, you know, don't think of it like as an injustice. If anything, offer it up for your sins, offer it up for others. I mean, it, it, it's nothing that cannot receive merit, or that uh, that God won't give you the graces to supersede. So I, in a sense, I don't want to get it, but if I do, in the case that I do, you know, I, I will not fear, you know, it's something that can be good at the end. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. it's very interesting that Italy is hit so hard. Um, Italy, of course, the, the yes. seat of where the Vatican is, and, and there's a lot of consternation, a lot of confusion in the faith coming yes. from there. <laughs> and so, you know, our Lord, when he was speaking to the apostles, talked about is severe punishments, especially for those who mislead the faithful. And it is an unbelievable uh, misleading of the faithful that's been going on right from the heart of Italy, the heart of the Vatican uh, in these last number of years. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, God willing, a wake-up call also to uh, the Vatican to say, hey, it, it's, it's time to get things back in order. 
Yeah, um, there's been a couple videos going viral recently of priests actually here in Italy, not in Rome yet, but um, there have been priests going around with a monstrance or, you know, blessing people with holy water, having a mm. statue of Our Lady. I think there was one priest who was in a helicopter, you mm. know, with a monstrance and a, and a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, blessing all of Italy. And these are the priests that I look at right now and I say, thank God for you. Thank God for your for standing up for the faith, for giving, for being the shepherd that God is answering you to, um, or calling you to be. And really, in the last couple of days, just thinking about this a lot more, um, it, I realize now that I don't think one of my my flatmates. She keeps saying, you know, we need to go out, we need to do all these things, and um, she just feels guilty just being at home, you know, not helping. But at the end of the day, we realized. This is more so, I think, um, a test for priests, a test for them, for the bishops, for cardinals, for the pope. I mean, God is calling them to step up to the plate, to do what their holy offices has <laughs> given them the graces to do. God has given them consecrated hands. Like those priests that have gone out with the monstrance with holy water, God bless them and God will reward them. Seeing this priest today, this morning, gave me so much hope, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I know one of the other priests, uh, one of the carabinieri, which is like the police, the high force of the police here. And mm -hmm. he asked the priest, you know, what are you doing? Like, you, why are you in the streets? And he goes, I'm working. And yeah. that was a justifiable enough reason to be out there. <laughs> yeah. And the carabinieri couldn't do anything because he's a priest. You know, he's doing his, yeah. his role as a priest. And um, for me, it said so much. It said so much. Wow. I mean, you know, uh, he's being a priest, a testimony in itself yeah. speaks so much. Thank God there's still some witness like that. <laughs> now, Katerina, if you don't mind, I'd like to get in just to a little bit of your own history. You have a fascinating faith history. Um, if you don't <laughs> mind sharing with us a little bit about how you got to be where you are, how your faith got to be so very strong, <laughs> I think that would be great. Sure. Um, so I had the opportunity to study abroad in Rome about five years ago. And um, at that time, you know, I was Catholic, definitely culturally Catholic. I went to Sunday Mass every day um, in university. I was praying the daily rosary, which was good. And I thought I was like a really terrific Catholic and stuff like that. But um, I always felt like there was something kind of missing, um, just kind of this void, which is so strange to me. Like, I know God was real. I know he was present, but I just it was really hard to feel him sometimes. And I know it should just be a feeling, but um, I kept asking him, you know, the desire is really strong when you want to know God. And sometimes he will give you the opportunity to do that. And um, during the time frame that I was in Rome, um, I I wasn't particularly named Catalina by any saint. Um, I don't have a patron necessarily. Uh, so I came to Rome and I said, um, any of the St. Catherine's, I want one of you to pick me as my patron. I want, I want a patron. And um, I was walking the streets of Rome on my own. And one day I bump into this piazza and there's um, a statue of an elephant with an obelisk, which I had seen when I was 11 years old on my first trip to Europe with my family. And I just remember being in that piazza for ages. And then I turned to my right and I realized there was a church in there. And I walked into this church, uh, Santa Maria Sopra Minerva is the name. And uh, lo and behold, there is a um, 
um, a saint, <laughs> a saint's tomb there on the altar, and it's Saint Catherine of Siena. So I'm thrilled. I said, finally, a saint found me. She's my patron. And to give thanks, I went to Siena to her hometown, um, where her the relic of her head is located, <laughs> despite her body being in Rome. Um, so I went. I went to Siena to give thanks, and on the train back to Rome, I happened to meet some uh, young adult traditional Catholics. And they said, hey, like, why don't you come to a Latin mass with us? And I said, oh, that would be cool. I'm pretty interested in Latin, I guess. Um, sure, I'll go with you. And I didn't know what I was getting into at the time. I just remember they gave me the dress. I went there that morning and I walked in. And the first thing I noticed were a sea of veils. I mean, all these women with veils. And I was so taken back by this. It was such a beautiful devotion. And I found a place to sit. I didn't see any of these people, but I sat down on my own. And um, in Italian, I asked the gentleman next to me. I, I, I was just looking around, trying to take in everything. And I said, why is there a cushion on the altar, like right before that rail? And he says, oh, it's because they receive on their knees and on the tongue only. I thought, wow, that's incredibly beautiful. Like what, what, a, what a reverent thing to do. And I looked to my right and, you know, there's all these people standing alongside the church and there's a couple spots left open. I said, why, why are they standing there? He says, they're in line for confession. I said, oh, but, you know, mass is going to start. And he says, no, no, we have confessions all the way up until almost the consecration if needed. Uh, we have enough priests. I said, wow, that's really crazy. And I put two and two together. I said, if I want to receive on my knees and the tongue for the first time, I really need to go to confession. I should. And uh, I remember I was really embarrassed to stand up because I didn't have a veil. I didn't want to call attention to myself. But I remember that in my prayer, I thought, oh, no, maybe it's the devil that doesn't want me to receive Christ in a reverent way on my knees and on the tongue. So I said, there's no way he's going to win. So I got up, I went in light. And um, in this church, the confessional is, like I said, on the, on the right hand side. And it's you know, the altar is perfectly visible. And the moment that I was on my knees and said, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I looked on the altar and the priest was elevating the host right before a crucifix. Hmm. And something hit me in that moment, just like a lightning bolt. Because up until that point, I thought the mass was genuinely a commemoration of the Last Supper. I was 19. And in that moment, seeing the Eucharist before the host and saying those words, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned, it occurred to me that it's a sacrifice. Here I am on my knees confessing the sins that I have committed. And there he is, my king, on the altar dying for them. Hmm. And wow. I began to weep. I just cried. I couldn't tell you like what I understood in that moment, but it was such a grace. And I recognized that it was such a grace. And for the first time, I received on the tongue and on my knees. And I haven't done anything else since. That's all I do now. It is such a beautiful grace. And after reference that it's only doing just, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that, that was one of the really incredible experiences that I had here in Rome. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Our Lord has truly uh, touched you and, and sought you out. And uh, I'm sure <laughs> he wants to do that for everyone, but uh, we have to be open. Yes. Uh, open. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And desire. Desire is such, I think, a, an important role. You have to desire God. And, you know, a priest once told me, the saints, the Virgin Mary, God is like a light switch. The light's not going to turn on unless you flip the switch. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, um, 
Katerina, do you want to talk about uh, about getting home, or are you are you? Uh, we can cut this out if if you'd rather not. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, okay. My my mom has been trying to get me out of Italy for the last two weeks, or asking me to leave, but right. I just haven't been in a position to at the moment. Um, but now that the whole country has been, you know, un, in red, yeah. uh, she's just <laughs> she's a lot more worried. And she says, you just don't have family there. She wants me to be close to family. So right. um, it was just way too expensive to go home right away to, to change the flight sooner. So um, I'm going to Germany. My boyfriend and his family are there and they're so open to having me there. So um, I will be there until my flight back to the U.S. So at least I'm in, in, in family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Your your home is in Texas, but uh, you've been yes. <laughs> uh, in Italy and all over the place. Uh, but um, yeah. well, yeah. God bless you. Let's pray. Uh, we'll be praying. A lot of the viewers will be praying that you uh, make Please. a safe journey. And well, your, thank you uh, so much. Your conviction that you're not afraid or or overly afraid, if you will, of of death is 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 very uh, enlightening. I think it's it's really inspiring. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, and it, it's. It, memento mori is such a beautiful thing and i just always the the words of saint alphonsus are always in mind you know the thought of death judgment heaven and hell and mm -hmm. it, they really are beautiful meditations because for the first time i was really i really thought death might be at my door and all of a sudden it became this whole you know reflection on memento mori became very real for a moment and um it really makes you not want to be in sin you just you it, it I can't stress that enough. And the confessional, I mean, a lot of my major um, sort of experiences in the faith have been in the confessional. So I think it's something, it's a sacrament that is so underutilized. I encourage people all the time to pray your rosaries and go to confession as often mm -hmm. as possible. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people respond though, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't, uh, no, couldn't go. I wouldn't want, no. you know, he, the priest knows my parents or something. You know. <laughs> no, no, it's not his place to say anything it's it, i mean i can't tell you when you really think about it like in that moment when i was in that church in rome in the latin mass on my knees you know it became it really became clear how much an active humility is confession mm -hmm. and how and i recognize why the devil hates it so much i mean like humility is a virtue that we see so often in the virgin mary mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh it's so important <laughs> it's one of the most important virtues yeah in, in addition to obedience right for sure. right Yes. Beautiful. Yes, yes. Well, Katerina, thank you so much for being with us in this episode thank of the John Henry Weston Show. We <laughs> wish you Godspeed in your journey home, and uh, we'll be praying for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And um, the rest of the world is also in our prayers. I know this is just a wave in Italy right now. Chances are it's going to be spreading around too. So just <laughs> hang on to your rosaries, go to confession, and we should be praying for, for each other at this time. Amen. God bless Amen. you. Thank and God you. God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.